0: Welcome to episode 21 of People Behind the Business, a show for small businesses with small teams and huge ambitions. I'm your host, Rosemary Richings. This week's episode is in response to something I'm seeing a lot in the entrepreneur community. More specifically, it seems to be common the most amongst uh, female entrepreneurs, but I'm sure. with some guys as well that's an issue Uh, and that is the issue of self-care more specifically keeping healthy and not skipping meals and things like that uh, in order to put the interests of your business first I'm not saying that's not important but what I realize is that both those puzzle pieces are so important to have control of in order to find a sense of productivity and success. So this week's guest is a nutritionist, and she works with professional women, and she's going to share a bit some of the tactics she uses with her clients in order to help them keep healthy healthy and still be able to just live their lives. Her name is Gaylene Gomez, and without further ado, I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. My
1: name is Gaylene Gomez, and I'm a certified holistic nutrition coach for women and owner of Compass Rose Nutrition and Wellness. So I help busy professional women lose weight and reduce bloating with simple lifestyle changes so they can have more energy and confidence.
2: So uh, I read that apparently it's from your own experiences struggling
1: with uh, similar issues. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of healthcare professionals, you know, have come to be because they have struggled with something in their past, and I'm definitely no different. So I was traveling abroad, I was in the Caribbean, and I had gotten really sick, like tummy sick from eating some foods that, you know, didn't go well with me. But as I struggled to feel better, and it was actually like weeks going on months going on years that, I never really got my health back to perfect. And I started trying to really study and figure out why. So once I got a little bit better, I started investigating more into nutrition and really pouring into studies and research and learning. And I ended up going to nutrition school. So I ended up signing up for the certification program, thinking I wanted to dive into it more and more. But as I did, I started reading my textbooks. To my husband saying why doesn't everybody know this stuff like there's so many particular vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we absolutely need to thrive but it was hugely lacking in my diet and I really felt like everybody needs to know this stuff so it became my mission to help others once I realized that we're lacking in so much just the average you know person's diet is not enough to keep us healthy long term and had i not gotten so sick i definitely would not have come across you know all of the studies or enrolled in in a further education to learn more about it i just found it fascinating
2: yeah i definitely agree with you that i find that's quite common uh too i i i volunteer with a diabetes charity and oh, some yeah. of them too have uh experienced type 1 or know somebody who does so
1: yeah, absolutely. Right it's, yeah, it's until you have those problems that you realize, you know, how big of a problem it actually is.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh so I was also reading that uh your history of being
1: a massage therapist was, yeah. part, of
2: what, was part of your
1: interest in this field too. Absolutely. So I was a massage therapist for many years before studying nutrition. And I absolutely love it. It's one of those ways of connecting with people to really help them feel better. And so as I was um, massaging, I had encountered a couple injuries to my hand and to my back. And I wasn't actually able to continue my career as a massage therapist. And when I started studying nutrition, I was thinking this is a way that I can continue to help people feel better stay in the holistic healthcare field, but not do something that was quite so physical on my body, yet still really help others. And so I absolutely love now combining the two. And I still encourage all of my clients to be getting massages and self-care and really taking care of themselves on that level and just taking it to a whole extra step of including nutrition in their lives now as well.
2: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because the two definitely really overlap in a big Absolutely. way. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, we need to think about our self-care on all those different levels and massage and nutrition definitely are a are big part of them for sure.
2: So why do you think it is that uh, professional women specifically struggle with uh, issues like nutrition and
1: energy? Why do you think that's so common? So we're just so busy Like women are, have work, family, responsibilities, and so many women always put others first. They're putting their self care down the list. It just kind of falls to the wayside, or they think, when I have time, I will do this. So they also think it's just all or nothing, right? If I can't commit and, you know, do this perfect diet and this perfect exercise routine, I just won't do anything. And because they're so busy and they think that it's all or nothing, they feel guilty if they don't do anything. And so media and all the fad diets make us feel like we're, you know, make us feel guilty or we need to eat a certain way and that everything else is wrong. I think that just putting ourselves first for busy professional women that have multiple things they're juggling all at one time can just feel overwhelming. And it's that all or nothing scenario. And I, I don't think it's true. Little things can make such a huge difference. But I do think that that's, you know, the main key reason is just not prioritizing our own health first. So what do you see
2: is the most important first step for uh, those who may be
1: facing similar challenges? Yeah, so most of the women that I am meeting with really struggle with weight loss. So as we like get older and our bodies change and so many women have like their favorite jeans tucked away in a drawer because they don't fit anymore. They feel really guilty that they're making bad choices or they're letting themselves gain weight. And it's just really coming back to thinking about the little steps that can make the biggest difference. So I don't recommend focusing on a restrictive diet or calorie counting, but instead really learning how to like nourish your body so that you can not only lose weight long term, but also enjoy eating and have a good relationship with food and learn all those really little things that can make big difference
2: so you talked a little bit about uh the body image issue already Um, yeah how do you often approach that so that like you can find the right balance of what's healthy versus someone's idea of what's ideal
1: Mm, yeah such a great question because body image is is important but it's one of the hardest things to deal with so all the time i deal with that with my clients and myself So that's exactly why I don't teach calorie counting or restrictive eating, because it sets us up for failure. It sets us up to, you know, be disappointed in ourselves when we fall off track. And so many of those diets that, you know, many women have tried, it works for a week or two weeks, and then they have, you know, a birthday party or an event or a celebration or holidays, or for some reason, you know, they think they fall off track. And now they've failed at their diet, they quit, and then they look for the next best diet. So instead of that, I really focus on nourishing our body. And that's one of the best forms of self-love. And then we can really focus heavily on that. And when we bring in those good, healthy, nourishing foods, it doesn't matter if we have birthday cake once in a while, or we have holidays, or mm-hmm. we you know, fall off track, because we just bring it back to that self-love and really bringing in those good quality, healthy, nourishing foods that are, in my opinion, one of the best forms of self-love and self-care. And then we just focus really, really heavily on that. How
2: do you think that plays into also
1: culminating the inevitable challenges of uh, changes in routine or anything like that? It's an important part because it's going to be creating healthy habits. And so as we work on creating healthy habits, that's the best way to work with routine. We get up and we brush our teeth every day, right? But because it's mm-hmm. routine. You know it's good for us. And we have been told over and over as a child, we have to do it. <laughs> and so <laughs> building forms of routine that are little, tiny, healthy things um, over time can really make a big difference.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you see as the most important thing for listeners to tell a nutritionist to make it a worthwhile experience especially for those who haven't
1: experienced
2: that before yeah for sure
1: find one that you can be yourself with find you know somebody that you can really trust so being open and honest is going to go a long way to success i love when my clients say i feel better after talking to you so make sure you find one that makes you feel like that so if you need to ask a friend or get a referral or do some research or you know play around with it because it's I can compare it back to when I was a massage therapist, um, and even myself, you know, getting massages, you just find that right person, you find someone that you're a good fit with, they get you, they're patient with you, they understand you, they get to know you get to know your body, get to understand your health and your struggles. And then you work through things together. So I really think it's important that you find somebody that you can trust and be yourself with. Because if you, you know, are struggling with body issues or you're struggling with high stress or being busy and they just try and prescribe you something that's not going to work in your schedule or in your routine or you know you don't like you're not going to do it long term and so finding somebody that works with you to set up a program long term is going to be the key to success
2: yeah because uh often uh, that involves having so many uh Hard conversations, so many things that are hard to admit, so absolutely. it makes a lot of sense that that would be the center of it, yeah, absolutely. so what do you wish more busy professional women knew about what working with a
1: nutritionist is really like? Mm, such a good question, but it's not all or nothing, right? You don't have to have um a perfect diet every single day, every single meal to be successful, and so And it's not one session that's going to fix everything either. So creating those small healthy habits that we talked about is going to be what works best. And when you're busy, these habits need to work for you. So we can really personalize and customize everything um, as opposed to just being told you have to do these exact things to make it work. You have to find a nutritionist that helps you create a healthy lifestyle and healthy habits that really work for you yeah uh
2: because uh as you were saying earlier it's it's easy to assume that uh that it's somehow a sign of failure that you haven't got to that milestone quick enough
1: exactly yeah exactly it's that you know deadline feeling like you've failed and now your diet's over and you know, you're doomed from here on out, as opposed to setting yourself up for success and creating those long term, healthy habits and healthy changes and little improvements can make a big difference over time for sure.
2: So how much uh, about like preparing for the inevitable eating in social situations do you think is about
1: mindset rather than just making the time to change up your lifestyle? I think a lot of it is mindset. Honestly, I think that um, because so many women have went through these diets and felt like they're failing, that that affects their confidence and that affects you know, how they think about new diets and new healthy eating programs. But however, when you know that you're doing the best things you can for your body, you will feel more confident. So when you are uh, making those healthy choices and creating those little healthy habits and you're doing all the things that you can to better your health, You'll start to feel really confident because you're proud of yourself for making those steps and for creating that healthy lifestyle. I think it goes a long way to improve your, your mindset around the whole issue and building up your relationship with food. And do you think, uh, having those initial conversations
2: too with the people that you're the most involved with, uh, socially
1: can, can help? Absolutely. You know, Although not all of our friends and family and colleagues are going to be, you know, supportive in that. Sometimes it's, you know, friends that know their favorite candies or chocolate bars or treats or swing by the coffee shop in the morning and buy you that, you know, sweet sugary latte or whatever it is. So having, you know, a healthy network around you is important, but also your social situations, you have to be you know, comfortable in an environment. So again, that you have that healthy relationship with food and you're comfortable sharing with your friends your journey and what you're going through as well. So what's the best way to approach that conversation? Well, you need to have people around you that support you in all areas of life. But when you're making changes um, for your health, you definitely have to be open and honest about it. Otherwise, you're going to feel like you're hiding away you know, when everyone else is selling or breeding a birthday at the office, you don't want to be shoved in a corner pretending it's not happening. So I still encourage women to have, you know, birthday cake and to attend the celebrations and to attend the events and just focus more on nourishing their body outside of those times, making sure that they're having, you know, good, healthy breakfast and lunch and dinner. And it's just one piece of cake. It's not... Feeling bad that you had one, and you might as well just eat the whole thing. <laughs> and so, you know, let your friends know oh, I'm really working, you know, to eat healthy, but I've been doing really good and I absolutely love this cake. So I'm going to treat myself to this and um, not look at it as failure that you're giving up on it. And so bring your friends and family on board, you know, let them cheer you on, share your successes with them. And if you don't have that group of supportive friends and family and colleagues, then make sure you find some. So work with a nutrition coach, or you know, work with a group that that can be loving and supporting and encouraging for you if you don't have that in your in your social circle.
2: Yeah, because that's so important. I I can reflect on that from a personal point of view, where so many of my big exercise and diet changes changes the w- reason they have worked is just because I had a good community. Yes,
1: absolutely.
2: Ah, uh, so. The big thing that is a struggle for a lot of my listeners is that because they're independent business owners, and inevitably have family and stuff like that to take care of. They're, they're juggling a lot. So their lives are just very hectic. So what's yeah. the best way to make time rather than yeah. just
1: use that excuse that you're too busy? Exactly. Cause so that's what it is. It's an excuse. We need to kind of, you know, wrap our mind around that, that we, probably are making some excuses for ourselves and focus again on nourishing and loving our bodies. And so creating those healthy habits I spoke about earlier. So I can give you some examples of them. When we include these little things um, on a repeated basis, over time, you are going to start seeing a lot of the benefits. So for example, if you start including lemon water in the morning instead of, you know, a cup of coffee right away, you're going to start You know, having the benefits of the lemon detox, of having more water, you'll definitely start to feel more energy in the daytime. Or you've heard, you know, about taking the stairs instead of the elevator. That's not on the nutrition side, but on a fitness side. And it's one of those healthy habits that you can do to create a routine that will make a difference. Or if you go out for dinner a lot, you know, a lot of women have dinner meetings or, you know, maybe it's a date night, you can swap out your salad for fries right? Those are easy things you don't have to make more time for. They're just part of your day. Maybe going for a walk after lunch instead of checking social media. Um, There's lots of really little things that you can just change that you're already doing um, without necessarily adding more time. You don't need to buy a gym membership. You don't need to, you know, go to nighttime classes or anything like that. You just need to make the little changes that can make a really big difference. What's the best way
2: to uh, allow them to have that barrier of uh, being stuck in a mindset thing where their professional lives come before even their own health.
1: Uh, what's, What's your take on that? Yeah, and it happens so, so often for sure. So we spend a lot of time with my nutrition clients, we talk a lot about their goals and, you know, what if so if you look at being, you know, a good spouse or a good parent or a good employee or a good boss, Can you do those things if you're not taking care of yourself? You know, if you have really low energy and you're feeling sluggish at work and you're feeling sleepy and you need caffeine to keep you going, you're not making the best choices at work. You're not being the best boss or the best employee. And if you look at it with your family, you know, if you're always rushing out the door and you're not uh, preparing a healthy meal for you, then you're probably not preparing a healthy meal um, for your kids or your family either where it's, it needs to be a whole picture. And so are you going to take care of yourself so that you can take care of those other people is a really great mindset shift, as opposed to thinking you can put everybody else first, and then take care of yourself, focus it on take care of yourself so that you can be there to support everybody else. A good analogy is in the airplane when the oxygen masks fall out, they always say to put yours on first. And you do that so that you can take care of, you know, the other people around you. And so always focus on making sure that you're at your absolute best, because then you'll give your best to work, you'll give your best to your family and to your friends and to everybody else that does need you. Yeah, especially in the
2: case of the listeners that are either either of kids or or are self-employed, or anything like that. Uh, yeah. That that's so essential because otherwise the the work will suffer, and then the quality will suffer, and that's never good. Exactly. So one of the hardest things can be uh, weeks where where people are on the go a lot, and it's so easy to just give in to that temptation to choose convenience rather than healthy choices. Yeah. So so what is the best way
1: to not give into to t- the temptation, would you say? <laughs> Do you know what? I look at it a little bit different where I think sometimes those temptations are what gives us pleasure. And so if you really like a certain mm-hmm. dessert or a glass of wine with your friends, then I do think it's important to enjoy things like that. And I don't think there should be built around it. I think that if we are living a generally healthy lifestyle and we have our nutrition on track most of the time, then we absolutely deserve to have those other things we enjoy. And I think our bodies can easily handle it when we are normally on track, when everything is working really, really well and we're nourished and we're taking really good care of ourselves the rest of the time then I don't think it's too bad to treat ourselves. We deserve it. Yep. As long as we're not, you know, treating ourselves more than nourishing ourselves, then I absolutely think that we do deserve that.
2: Or punishing ourselves for wanting to treat ourselves. Exactly.
1: Guilt is one. It is. Guilt is a horrible, horrible thing to be suffering from. And so I, I try my best to remove the guilt from all of my ladies.
2: So... A lot of the objections that I realize people have a lot is the issue of just budget and trying to make looking after themselves
1: uh, work on a budget. What's the best way to work around this? So budget is, you know, a big one with many ladies that come to me because they feel like they have to, again, it's one of those all or nothing. They need to, you know, eat perfect and organic all the time. And, that's not the case. So I have a couple of little tricks. So I'll give you one of those um, you know, tips that I work with my clients. One of them is about the dirty dozen. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I'll run over it just in case the listeners aren't. But when you're shopping and I encourage my women to, you know, buy healthy whole foods, less packaged items, you know, it's it's hard to um avoid it sometimes. And with a budget, it can get really expensive to shop organic um all the time. And so the dirty dozen is a list that's uh, made up every year from an organization that gives us twelve of the worst, you know, pesticide-sprayed foods, and those would be the ones that are really important to purchase organic because they're the ones that you're eating the flesh of the food. So if you think of things like apples and strawberries and spinach and cherries, those are the ones where the outside of the fruit or vegetable is exactly what you're eating. You're exposing yourself. Um, the fruit has been exposed to whatever has been chemically applied. Whereas the clean 15 things like oranges, watermelon, avocados, those are all things that you peel away the outside to eat what's on the inside. So when you're shopping, I like to tell my clients to suggest um, purchasing things from the dirty dozen organic and purchasing things from the clean 15 non-organic that helps you save a lot of money when you're just focusing on, um Organic on those really important foods, and you can of course still wash them as well. But it's a nice tip that makes a big difference to the budget when you're trying to go all organic, right? It's not all or nothing. Just re- figure out the priorities and figure out the little things that make the really big difference. And the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen is definitely one of those things that makes a big difference to the budget. <sighs> that
2: that's an important one to note because many who may be listening may be going oh, shoot,
1: but I might not be able to afford this. This sounds expensive.
2: So exactly. that's a good yeah. point to bring up.
1: Yeah, for sure. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You just have to figure out what to prioritize.
2: So I find that the hardest thing about committing to a new health routine is just discipline and motivation. Uh, what's the best way to work around that for listeners who might currently
1: be on the lookout for a good nutritionist? So, support is key. We talked about it a little bit before. You know, you might have it in your family, and maybe even your spouse likes to cook with you. Maybe not. Your friends, your colleagues. You really need to feel out your support group and feel encouraged. And if you don't feel encouraged from the people you're currently around, then you need to find somebody who can. So, either a group or a coach make sure you have somebody that will answer your questions. And if you're having a bad day or you are feeling guilty or you're not sure about what to prioritize or how to make those healthy choices, you need to make sure that you have some type of support around you, somewhere to answer your questions and not just Google the, you know, the current most popular diet at the moment, but to have a really solid support network around you. So going
2: back to that issue of uh, if they don't already have that support or their families don't quite get the idea of it, uh, what are some great uh, ways to look out for the right kind of support? Would you say, like, what's
1: a good starting point? Yeah, ask your friends, right? So if you are going already maybe to a gym and you're at yoga class, you could ask around and say, you know what, I'm really seeking out some help with this does anybody have a good nutrition group that they are a part of or you could ask um, you know friends or colleagues at work you can of course start doing some research on the internet or on facebook but make sure you don't just jump at the first person that promises you you know instant weight loss in 24 hours type thing do your research with it i always like to tell people to go by recommendations you know read reviews Make sure that you have that connection with somebody. Um, I do get a lot of my clients through Facebook. You know, friends will tag their friends on my posts and they introduce them to my um, free Facebook community. And maybe they come in and do a challenge with me first. I run some free challenges. And after that challenge, they, you know, either have that connection with me or not. And I always can refer people to another coach that maybe would be more suited to them as well. So if you don't feel that good fit with the first person you try, keep looking for someone else for sure. So to
2: sum things up, uh, what is the most important thing that you want listeners to get out of uh, today's episode if they take away nothing else?
1: Yeah, you know, again, that it's just not all or nothing. Creating these little healthy habits over time is absolutely going to be the key to success long term so if they make little changes they will build upon each other and you will start to lose weight and you will start to have more energy but you need to have that support and that guidance and not not the guilt or the negative relationship with food and so setting yourself up for success by really creating a healthy environment to learn in is important and so make sure that you Find that support so that you can start making the little changes. And over time, those little changes will absolutely add up. Great. uh, Thanks so
2: much uh, for that. I, I think that will give them a lot to
1: work with. So any new projects or goals on the go that you want listeners to know about? Yeah, I always have fun new projects on the go. I love creating, you know, motivational challenges and ongoing things for all of my clients. So I have an ongoing membership community where I do provide ongoing support for my clients. So can maybe share a little bit more about that in um, finding my website. But it's one of those really important steps that I find is necessary for my clients to have ongoing health. They don't just work with me for eight weeks and then I leave them high and dry. They get to really stick around and feel supported ongoing, especially those women that don't have that supportive community at home um, or at work. So where can listeners find you online? My website is compassrosenutrition.ca and then they can also find me on Facebook at Compass Rose Nutrition and Instagram and I share lots of fun stuff on Pinterest as well. So any of those social media are all under Compass Rose Nutrition.
2: All right. So any listeners that might not have been able to write that down, uh, you can look up all those links later on in the show notes at rosemaryrichings.com slash podcast. So thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so
1: much for having me. It was really nice to chat with you.
0: You too. All right. Bye. Bye, Rosemary. Hey there! How would you feel about becoming a donor to the People Behind Business podcast? If you loved what you heard on this week's episode, you totally can. Uh, Over on patreon.com slash rosemaryrichings, there are amazing benefits such as one-on-one content creation coaching, and shout-outs on future episodes to either you or your organization. So if that sounds great, once again, my Patreon is patreon.com slash Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, and you would like to keep up to date on future episodes, hit the subscribe button, on your podcast listening device and i also have an active newsletter for podcast updates and etc and the link for that is available in the show notes if you'd like to opt into that and of course tell all your friends and i'll see you soon on future episodes